This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. At the start of this month, millions of Americans faced a sort of rude awakening. Well, now after three odd years of a COVID-19 pandemic era freeze, student loan borrowers are going to have to start repaying again. Jeremy Bauer-Wolf is a reporter for Higher Ed Dive. It's his job to follow the tug of war over student loan debt in Washington. Student loan payments were originally paused under the Trump administration back in March 2020. But now, interest is accruing again, and it's time to pay up. Have you spoken to anyone who is suddenly faced with a skyrocketing bill? Oh, absolutely. My own partner. Uh, he has graduate loans and is now facing a lot of different lifestyle changes just based on these student loans restarting. What plans are they making to deal with the sudden financial hit? Well, you know, he was balancing a sort of a COVID-19 era uh, rent and that raised and now he's dealing with a hundred dollar extra bill every month so we're working through you know well we're definitely going to be cutting down on that takeout uh we're gonna have to be potentially looking for new work um and it's a lot and his story is echoed throughout the country there are a lot of borrowers who are in even far worse financial straits than him people scrambling to come up with the money to pay off their debts might be wondering Wasn't the Biden administration supposed to fix this by now? Back in August of last year, President Biden announced a plan to cancel up to $430 billion in student loan debt. Critics immediately sued. And this June, the case went before the Supreme Court. Somewhat predictably, the conservative majority ruled no dice. The court has struck down a Biden administration program that would have offered individual borrowers up to $20,000 of student loan forgiveness. They have found that Biden did not have the standing under a 2020 COVID era law to give that sort of forgiveness. This obviously is going to have a huge impact on. Now, Americans are left holding the bill. And with the cost of higher education at an all time high, the Biden administration is trying to find another way to help borrowers out. We see, you know, a lot of the discourse say, well, you made your bed, lie in it. But a lot of times, you know, student loans were a necessity for some folks who are trying to make it up the social mobility ladder. President Biden has tried to tackle student loans in a lot of different ways at this point. Can he succeed at solving the problem without Congress, without the court? 
I would say it would be challenging to do, right? You know, the root cause of, of rising college, that does take really, I think, a wholesale revision to federal law and policy that, you know, the executive wing just can't carry out on its own. Today on the show, Americans are paying off their student loans again. What, if anything, can Biden do about it? I'm Mary C. Curtis, filling in for Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next? Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you want to understand what is happening in the United States right now, you really need to understand what's happening with the courts, the law, and the Supreme Court. The battle between democracy and whatever this cage match is that we're witnessing, it's going to be won and lost at the ballot box, but it's also going to be won and lost in the courtrooms. I'm Dahlia Lithwick. I host Slate's legal podcast, Amicus, and we are doubling our output bringing you weekly episodes from here on in, because how else can we keep an eye on the many trials of Donald Trump, the conservative legal movement's assaults on our rights, the Supreme Court's latest slate of environmental gutting, gun safety, eviscerating cases on the docket. So follow Amicus wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes dropping every Saturday morning. More than 43 million Americans hold some amount of federal student loan debt. And while most of them have less than 10 grand, others are carrying over $100,000 on their backs. Jeremy says things didn't used to be this way. Government assistance programs many years ago used to cover, you know, a majority of the cost of college. Now that's just no longer the case, right? So we're seeing these costs skyrocket and we're seeing students try to, you know, understand, well, my parents, they were able to do this. You know, they were able to maybe take out loans, pay them back or even, you know, just pay their way through. And it's just an entirely different system that I don't know everybody has grasped yet. Hmm. For some, particularly for progressives, canceling student loan debt feels like a slam dunk political win. But I wonder if it really is. What does polling say? Actually, there's a good chunk of Americans who were very much in favor of the student loan debt, you know, and, uh, you know, absent of some of the partisan discourse. Really across the board, I think even moderates are saying, you know, this could help our economy in in many ways. It's not always a, a clear slam dunk that, you know, it's it's going to be a, a bipartisan initiative, but mostly folks want to see this kind of loan forgiveness. Hmm. I cover politics, and I don't remember Biden being exactly Mr. Student Loan Forgiveness on the campaign trail. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't one of his big issues. What brought about his change of heart here? 
I think it's a couple things. Uh, one, you know, you did have a, the progressive wing of his party really vocal in saying cancel student debt, right? And and folks were saying, you know, we should cancel all loan debt. We should cancel up to $50,000 worth of debt. I don't think that was ever an option for the president. But you have, again, so this vocal wing of the party combined with the economic conditions of the COVID-19 pandemic. How long has he been trying to curb student debt? Well, pretty shortly after he got into office, and, and we'll get into this, but he's sort of eaten away at it in, in multiple ways. The uh, August 2022 announcement of mass student loan cancellation, that was the big one, though. In case you need a refresher, in summer 2022, President Biden promised his administration would forgive up to $20,000 in debt for any borrower who made less than $125,000 a year. If enacted, his proposal would have impacted more than 40 million Americans, but it immediately ran into roadblocks. There was pretty immediate conservative backlash. This was viewed as, as really robbing the folks that never attended college, you know, never took out loans. They just viewed it as widely unfair. So pretty shortly after in August, Conservative-led states, you know, GOP attorneys general, they were they were looking at their legal options almost immediately to strike this down. And eventually they succeeded. Um, just a few months later in November 2022, there was a, you know, conservative court that made an injunction against President Biden's plan, which set the ball rolling for the Supreme Court later to strike it down. Hmm. Are other politicians attempting to challenge student loan debt? Who are the folks that have rallied behind forgiveness and who is held fast against it? I, I think the Democratic Party as a whole really got behind Biden after uh, the loan forgiveness announcement. And on the flip side, you know, across the aisle, a lot of conservatives railed against this. You know, they viewed this as, you know, terrible for folks who never attended uh, college. They viewed it as, you know, robbing taxpayers. Um, some of the big names we saw were Virginia Fox, who chairs, you know, the House Education Committee and has made a point many times publicly to say that she views the Biden administration's approach as, as very reckless. It feels like this has become a non-starter in Congress. Is that an accurate assessment? I think it would be challenging. Student loan forgiveness, if it was going to go through Congress, would very much likely go through the Higher Education Act, um, which hasn't been rewritten for many, many years. Uh, and I think just because of the back and forth of Congress right now, you know, the <laughs> many other issues that they are dealing with, uh, a rewrite of the Higher Education Act and college costs as a whole is just not the, the top priority. Yeah, they're hardly having kumbaya moments right now in Congress. So. <laughs> I was going to say, they can't barely manage to pass some simple votes. I can't imagine we're going to see a wholesale rewrite of a, a huge education law. All of this has been sort of moot for the last few years because many student loan payments have been on hold. Remind us what the pandemic era freeze meant and who exactly it affected. Yeah, so it, this was across the board, a pandemic era freeze that was enacted in March of 2020. And... I kind of chuckle because that, that initial payment freeze was only 60 days. And of course, we saw that it was extended many a times by both administrations. Um, but, you know, around, I think, last year, especially some of the conservatives were really just saying that this was too much. You know, the pandemic had 
wound down, for lack of a better term, and it wasn't necessary anymore to have this freeze. But at the time, you know, at the time, it was benefiting all sorts of people. It was across the board freeze. People weren't seeing their interest accrue, which is a very key point. You know, a lot of folks get bogged down in those high interest improvements. And so now, as we see it restarting, it's, it's really a gut punch for a lot of folks. After the break, wiping out student debt through executive order didn't work. So what will? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Wiping out a ton of debt in one fell swoop did not work. But at the same time, the Biden administration was trying to cancel debt in a less dramatic, but arguably sneakier way. (laughs) So what other moves has Biden been making on student debt? Yeah, and I think this is confusing for a lot of folks, right? Because, you know, we saw headlines just last week. Biden forgives $9 billion in student loan debt. So folks are sitting there going, well, what about me? This wasn't my debt. Uh, so what essentially the administration has been doing is there's, you know, several programs that are a little bit more niche, right? They benefit certain sectors of borrowers. So there's a program that helps folks who are in government and nonprofit work. It's called public service loan forgiveness. There are students who have been defrauded by their colleges and there's an avenue for them to get their loans wiped away. There are folks who are on income-driven payment plans. So after a certain amount of time, their balances get dropped. So all of those examples, essentially what the administration has been doing is taking a look at some of those programs and saying, you know, how can we best use these? Because they weren't often leveraged in the correct ways. Um, And so when you see headlines saying, you know, Biden forgives X amount of student loan forgiveness, that's what we're looking at. It's one of these other programs that is just specific to some borrowers. It does sound like a lot when you say $9 billion in student debt for up to 125,000 borrowers. Who's left out and how much debt still exists? Well, it's a quite a bit, right? So again, these narrow programs, they're only benefiting a certain number of people. But there's many folks who are just sort of burdened with debt, right? And it, it doesn't always have to be a lot, right? You know, you look at folks who are coming right out of college or maybe going into, you know, not a high paying job, you know, teachers, for instance, although they can get some public service loan forgiveness. It's just really challenging for people who I think are in the most difficult financial crunch right now that don't see a really clear path to seeing their loans forgiven. 
Mm. Could you explain the mechanism he's using and how it's different from what he tried before? Initially, in August 2022, President Biden tried to use what was called the HEROES Act to cancel student loan debt. So that was a 2003 law approved by Congress uh, that said, you know, during times of emergency, so in this case, a pandemic could be war, that the education secretary has much more unilateral authority to make changes to the student loan system. So in this case, that would be loan forgiveness. Uh, and what the Supreme Court said was, no, 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 this was, you know, a, overstepping your executive authority. Now he's trying a much lengthier and I, I think more challenging way to go about it. And it's through this regulatory process where they gather folks from all across the higher ed industry to essentially sit down and try to hash out some policy. But this takes many, many months, right? So you have these folks meeting for, you know, a few months, they have to agree on policy. And then the education department has to develop its own, you know, rule that goes through months and months and months of consideration, public comment. I don't think there is any guarantee that this effort would be, you know, done by the 2024 election, which means that, you know, President Biden might not even be in office. So basically, instead of forgiving a ton of debt all at once using the HEROES Act, President Biden is forgiving a little bit of debt for a few people while trying again for blanket forgiveness through these complicated committees and the Higher Education Act. Some groups might not see relief for months, if not years. Jeremy says, individually, that's not great for borrowers. And politically, that's not great for Biden. I think it's very challenging for the administration. I don't know if I would necessarily call this, this a positive, right? You know, you had a lot of folks who, who don't pay attention to the nuance of federal policy and not a knock, you know, student loans are very, very complicated. So you have folks saying, oh, well, you were going to forgive my student loans. What now? And they just kind of see nothing happening, right? There's no really firm dates coming out of the administration for good reason, because they don't know what's going to happen, whether this effort will even succeed, right? So if you have your base really clamoring, and as you said, this was an issue on the political trail, it doesn't really help the administration to say, well, you know, we don't know, we really can't, don't have the end goal here. So the Biden administration's big sweeping debt cancellation, the one that was shut down by the court, was based on that reading of the HEROES Act that gave the Secretary of Education the power to waive or modify any regulatory provision to protect borrowers. And now it's using the Higher Education Act. Could you explain again what exactly that legislation does? Absolutely. So the Higher Education Act is really the main vehicle for federal policies. So the entire really student loan system and financial aid system is actually sort of contained within it, right? So what the administration is doing now is, again, bringing all these folks from across industry to sit down, sort of do a reading of the Higher Education Act and say, you know, what sort of authority, what sort of regulatory authority do we have under it? So the administration is considering, you know, several different groups of borrowers when they're going through this process, such as those who have, you know, might have taken out loans where, you know, the current existing 
assistance programs, they weren't an option back then. Or, you know, borrowers who have seen their loan balances just eclipse what they initially took out, right? So they're considering, you know, how can we help all these different groups of struggling borrowers under this Higher Education Act, which, as I said earlier, has not seen a rewrite in quite some time. Now, the HEROES Act was originally meant to apply to borrowers affected by terrorist attacks. And the Biden administration argued that those affected by COVID also qualify. But some lawyers didn't buy that interpretation, and neither ultimately did the Supreme Court. I wonder if his latest moves could also be legally challenged. Absolutely. And I think that's another barrier, right? So, you know, folks who I talked to the day that the Supreme Court struck down the initial student loan forgiveness, they were saying, you know, if Biden tries again, he'll just run into the same problems. Because, you know, regardless of, you know, how you dissect the Supreme Court decision, at its heart, it was saying that the Biden administration just didn't have authority to move forward with this mass level of student loan cancellation without congressional backing, right? And it's really the same situation here. This regulatory process doesn't touch Congress in any way. So I think we'll see similar lawsuits arise. You know, again, I I think, you know, the conservative dominated Supreme Court, you know, did a little legal twisting to say that this, that the HEROES Act didn't apply here. And, you know, arguably what he's doing now is, is a weaker argument. So I could absolutely see another legal challenge. Do you think possibly this Supreme Court could intervene again? Yes, absolutely. I I think that is the end goal by some conservatives. Is there a possibility for giving debt in this way, it's a very bureaucratic way, is going to leave a lot of borrowers behind? Well, it's possible because we don't actually know what the administration is going to develop. And and I think that's sort of a, a problem too, right? When you had this initial loan effort that was being rolled out, it was very clear cut. You know, if you earn less than this amount, then you can see X amount wiped off your loan bill, right? Now, it's sort of more nebulous. You know, again, we how do you sum up some a really complicated regulatory process in an in, in elevator pitch for voters? It's almost impossible to do if you don't have, you know, precise numbers. And, it, and again, for good reason, the administration hasn't released those yet because they don't know what they can accomplish. This policy is just still all being worked out. Part of the critique is even if you wipe out debt, people are still accruing it. Could you talk a little bit about that? Because I know they've looked at these poor performing colleges, the for-profit ones. Um, Talk a little bit more about the ongoing problem of debt. So as you said, you know, the administration has really prioritized targeting what they view as, as, you know, poor performing colleges, namely for-profit institutions. They're trying different policies to eliminate maybe some of the, you know, most visible and egregious cases where students would have student loan debt. But I also think, you know, just fundamentally, you know, the higher ed system really needs to change, right? Costs are going to continue to skyrocket for a couple reasons, you know, public colleges, they are not as well funded as they once were. You know, in a lot of cases, that means passing the tuition costs up to students. Private colleges, we've seen their sticker price rise and a lot of conversations about whether they're affordable. So, you know, at the same time, the the administration is tackling, as I said, some of these most egregious cases. 
there's just sort of fundamental flaws within the system that need Congress in order to change. We know that this is an important issue for the Biden administration, even if it wasn't on the campaign trail. And this has become a big deal. And he's come at it in different ways. So I'm kind of curious if there is another path, another plan in the works, if this latest one runs into trouble, trouble that you've laid out. I don't know. I mean, this was back to the drawing board for them. And I would have difficulty seeing another path forward if this one didn't succeed, right? And again, we're looking at this like past 2024 that loan forgiveness would actually even happen. So imagine this gets struck down by the Supreme Court. That would put Biden in the middle of another term, right? And so then you have to think, well, what other avenues does he have left that are more immediate that he can accomplish. I could see him trying again because he's made that promise to voters, but you know, with the legal situation the way it is, I I couldn't imagine how he would succeed. Thank you, Jeremy, for coming on What Next? It was my pleasure. Jeremy Barra-Wolf is a reporter for Higher Ed Dive. That's the show. If you're a fan of What Next, The best way to support our work is to join Slate Plus. Go to slate.com slash whatnextplus to sign up. What Next is produced by Elena Schwartz, Rob Gunther, Anna Phillips, Paige Osborne, and Madeline Ducharme. We're led by Alicia Montgomery with a little help from Susan Matthews. Ben Richman is the Senior Director of Podcast Operations here at Slate. And I'm Mary C. Curtis filling in for Mary Harris. Find me on Twitter. I'm at mcurtisnc3. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.